Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband Bob. Today we will be reading Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 to 33, from the Common English Bible. Beginning at verse 16. The men got up from there and went over to look down on Sodom. Abraham was walking along with them to send them off, when the Lord said, Will I keep from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will certainly become a great populous nation, and all the earth's nations will be blessed because of him. I have formed a relationship with him, so that he will instruct his children and his household after him, and they will keep to the Lord's path, being moral and just, so that the Lord can do for Abraham everything he said he would. Then the Lord said, The cries of injustice from Sodom and Gomorrah are countless, and their sin is very serious. I will go down now to examine the cries of injustice that have reached me. Have they really done all this? If not, I want to know. The men turned away and walked toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing in front of the Lord. Abraham approached and said, Will you really sweep away the innocent with the guilty? What if there are fifty innocent people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not save the place for the sake of the fifty innocent people in it? It's not like you to do this, killing the innocent with the guilty, as if there were no difference. It's not like you. Will the judge of all the earth not act justly? The Lord said, If I find fifty innocent people in the city of Sodom, I will save it because of them. Abraham responded, since I've already decided to speak with my Lord, even though I'm just soil and ash, what if there are five fewer innocent people than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city over just five? The Lord said, If I find forty-five there, I won't destroy it. Once again Abraham spoke, What if forty are there? The Lord said, For the sake of forty, I will do nothing. He said, Don't be angry with me, my Lord, but let me speak. What if thirty are there? The Lord said, I won't do it if I find thirty there. Abraham said, Since I've already decided to speak with my Lord, what if twenty are there? The Lord said, I won't do it for the sake of twenty. Abraham said, Don't be angry with me, my Lord, but let me speak just once more. What if there are ten? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it because of those ten. When the Lord finished speaking with Abraham, he left, but Abraham stayed there in that place. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapter 18. Before focusing on the message of this passage, it is once again necessary to highlight a problem with some of our English translations. The problem occurs in verse 22. This verse in the Common English Bible reads as follows. The men turned away and walked toward Sodom. But Abraham remained standing in front of the Lord. Abraham approached and said, Will you really sweep away the innocent with the guilty? In the contemporary English version, however, the same verse reads, The men turned and started toward Sodom, but the Lord stayed with Abraham. In both translations of this verse, one of the main verbs is the Hebrew word Ahmed. Throughout the Hebrew Old Testament, this verb carried the meaning of humbly presenting oneself to God or another authority figure, often to make an appeal. 
The word Ahmed is used in Genesis 43.15, for example, when Joseph's brothers presented themselves before him to ask for mercy after being accused of a crime. Similarly, here in Genesis 18.22 of the Common English Bible, Abraham humbly presents himself before God and appeals for mercy on behalf of any innocent people who may live in Sodom. In the Aramaic Targum of Onkelos, written in the 2nd century AD, we find language that carries the same meaning. Abraham humbly presents himself before God and makes an appeal for mercy. The same idea is presented in the Greek Septuagint, written in the 2nd to 3rd centuries BC, the Samaritan Pentateuch, written in the 2nd century BC, and the Syriac Peshitta, written in the 1st and 2nd centuries AD. Ignoring all of this ancient manuscript evidence, however, the contemporary English version paints quite a different picture of the conversation between God and Abraham. In this version, the roles of God and Abraham are reversed. The verb Ahmed is applied to God instead of Abraham. It is God who humbly presents himself to Abraham rather than the other way around. One commentator explains, If this textual reading is correct, God is doing more than responding to Abraham. It is as though Abraham is presiding over the meeting. Abraham does not merely acquiesce, nor does Abraham meekly petition God for an alteration in plans. Instead, Abraham aggressively questions God and challenges him concerning his intentions. Citing Bible commentator Walter Brueggemann, the Christian Resource Institute shares this perspective on their webpage entitled The Voice. Where did the contemporary English version and the Christian Resource Institute get the idea that God was humbly presenting himself before Abraham so that he might be questioned by a human being concerning his plans. Between the 6th and 11th centuries AD, scribes called the Masoretes began adding vowels to the Hebrew scriptures, which were originally written in consonants only. Their hope was to develop a readable text other than the Greek Septuagint. The Septuagint was a Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures written by 70 Jewish scholars in the 3rd and 2nd centuries BC. Most of the Old Testament quotations found in the Christian New Testament are taken directly from the Greek Septuagint. The Masoretes did not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They began to develop their own Hebrew scriptures, which now included vowels, to distance themselves from Christianity. Their new Hebrew scriptures were called the Masoretic Text. Many people today assume that the Masoretic Text represents the original Hebrew language of the Old Testament. This assumption is incorrect. The Masoretic Text was not completed until roughly 1,000 years after Jesus' death. In Genesis 18.22, the Masoretic Text does read the same as earlier Bible manuscripts. It depicts Abraham as humbly presenting himself before God. However, Tim Hegg of the Torah Resource Institute explains that a scribal commentary note added to the Masoretic Text in 916 AD claims that there must have been an older Hebrew manuscript that portrayed God as humbly presenting himself 
before Abraham. English Bibles, like the contemporary English version, use this commentary note as the basis for their translation, even though it has no textual support in any manuscript whatsoever written in any language. Why would the Masoretes add this commentary note to their new Hebrew scriptures? Tim Hegg explains. For centuries, followers of Jesus Christ had been using Genesis 18.22 to suggest that God could appear as a human being. They viewed this as a prophetic foreshadowing of God's becoming human in the person of Jesus Christ. Writing in the 4th century AD, for example, Cyril of Jerusalem claimed, The Lord who ate with Abraham ate also with us. According to all available manuscript evidence, God himself appeared as one of the three men that spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. Any notion that God could either become or even appear as a human being, however, was theologically unacceptable to the Masoretes. To contradict this notion, they embraced an oral tradition which described God as appearing alongside the three messengers in the form of a glorious cloud. According to the Masoretes, all of the three men in Genesis chapter 18 were angels. Each angel was given its own name and task. The Masoretes claimed that all three men turned away from Abraham and began to walk toward Sodom. They then claimed that the glorious cloud stayed and humbly waited upon Abraham. To make this grammatically possible in the Hebrew language of Genesis 18.22, the verb Ahmed was applied to God rather than Abraham. The actual text of Genesis 18.22 paints quite a different picture. There is no mention whatsoever of a glorious cloud. We are not told that all three men left for Sodom while a cloud chose to take a different action. In fact, Genesis chapter 19 verse 1 tells us that only two angels went to Sodom. In Genesis 18.22, the Hebrew verb Ahmed is not applied to God. Rather, when two of the men left for Sodom, it was Abraham who humbly presented himself before the third person who was God. Hoping to convey the notion that God could not appear in the form of a human being, the Masoretic scribes made God the subject of the verb Ahmed rather than Abraham. They interpreted Genesis 18.22 as teaching that God abased himself so that Abraham might be exalted. The Masoretes then pointed to Psalm 18.35 in an attempt to support their tradition. They interpreted this passage as saying, your condescension has made me great. They viewed this as a reference to Genesis chapter 18 and claimed that Abraham was speaking to God who had chosen to humble himself before a man. Psalm 18 is not, however, a reference to Abraham. Psalm 18.50 tells us specifically that it is about King David. Verse 35 is not a reference to God humbling himself before a man. It is a reference to God's gentleness or tender care helping David when he was surrounded by his enemies. Both the oldest available Hebrew and Greek manuscripts of this passage use language that portrays God 
as tenderly caring for David like a loving parent. As the Masoretes viewed Genesis 18.22 as teaching the exaltation of Abraham, so too did the scribes and religious leaders of Jesus' day believe that being biological descendants of Abraham made them great. Jesus confronted this thinking by telling them, Do not presume to say within yourselves, We have Abraham as father. For I say to you, that out of these stones God is able to raise up children unto Abraham. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9. Jesus warned the scribes that those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And the Apostle Paul explained that everyone who follows Abraham's example of faith can be referred to as one of his children. Contrary to what the Masoretes and some commentators have suggested, Genesis 18.22 does not exalt Abraham over God. Abraham did not preside over his meeting with God, nor did he aggressively call God's justice into question. He humbly presented himself before God and asked if God would have mercy on any innocent people living in Sodom. For example, verses 27 and 28 of Genesis 18 tell us that Abraham recognized he had no right to question God, being merely human, made of soil and ash. The message of this passage in the Bible is not about God abasing himself in order to make Abraham great. It is about God's justice and mercy. God was not willing to punish the innocent along with the guilty. And if only ten innocent people could be found in Sodom, the whole city would be spared. At the same time, God was not willing to ignore the cries of injustice that had reached his ears. In response to these cries, he sent his two angels to investigate. What the angels found will be the subject of our next podcast episode. Meanwhile, the suggestion by Masoretic scribes that God must have humbled himself before Abraham deserves review. This group of scribes did not accept the Septuagint because it was used to support the idea that Jesus was the Messiah. They then developed a religious tradition to support their own views. Even though this tradition contradicts every known piece of biblical manuscript evidence available in any language. To support their views, they distorted the meaning of two biblical passages, Genesis 18.22 and Psalm 18.35. In both instances, they substituted their own ideas for God's divine revelation. As we continue to read through the Bible, we will see that the Masoretes also distorted a number of Bible passages concerning women. In some cases, language found in every available older manuscript of the Bible is literally changed in the Masoretic text. As we examine these passages, the patriarchal bias of the Masoretic text will be highlighted and the original message of the Bible will be restored. <laughs>